0: Hey, this is Pastor Bob Steven, lead pastor at Pursuit Church SA, and this is our podcast. Listen, would you take a minute to share and subscribe to this podcast? Also, we would love to connect with you, so please visit us at PursuitChurchSA.com or on any of our social media pages. Now, here's this week's message. We hope it blesses your life. So I'm glad you're here. Thanks for getting up on this dreary day and coming into the house of God. Hallelujah. We are glad you're here. You know, and just from a, a purely selfish point, it's really difficult to preach to a kind of empty room, just so you know. So your presence encourages me, and I know it encourages the worship team. So you matter. You matter. Coming here matters, and I'm glad you came. And you know what? You came on a great day because, I'm going to share a little, a little uh personal stuff again. You. It's good that you came because God has a specific word just for you today. And I know this particularly today because I was writing the sermon throughout the week. I was studying and studying and praying and pressing into God, and asking him for a right now word, a Ramah word. And I, I felt like I was hearing from the Lord and I started writing and and I was working on it and I, I hit this impasse, like I hit a, a wall and it just wasn't coming together. And I was like, all right, God, what's, what's up? Hello, it's Friday, it's three o'clock. I'm getting a little nervous here. And, and I kept pressing into him and I wasn't, I wasn't getting anything else. And then all of a sudden, I think it was like 3.30, 3.45 on Friday. That's like day before yesterday. <laughs> he says, um, that's not the word for this week. That word is for later. I, I, I'm telling y'all, I felt this in my spirit like he was at the table having a conversation with me. So that's not the word for this week. That's for later. The word I want to give you this week to tell them, and I want y'all to pay attention because this is very specific. He said, I want you to tell them that they matter to me. I value them, I love them. That's what he said. And he also said, Tell them that I want them to love each other and value each other the way I do. So I'm glad you're here. This message is for you, specifically for you, because you matter to God. God values people. And there's a reason why people are one of our core values. Matter of fact, it's number one on our list because we value what God values, and God values people. Before I get started, I'm not even started yet, y'all. Before I get started, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for inviting us into your presence today. This is your house. We're visitors here, Lord. We take ownership because you call us into your house, and we thank you for that. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit just continues to flood this room today, Lord. Father, speak through me. Push me out of the way. I don't want to say anything that's not from you, God. I surrender my mind, my will, my emotions, my vocal cords, the breath in my lungs that you've given me, God. I surrender it to you. Holy Spirit, have your way. Change us all. Leave us all with something straight from you, Lord, so that we are changed from the inside out. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. So we started this year talking about change, right? And the reason we did that is because, you know, people go into a new year and they want to change some things. We all have goals and things we want to see new in the new year, right? So we started talking about change and we informed all of us, us included, that real and lasting change only comes when we develop the characteristics of God. Amen. And it was meant to be that way because we were created in his image. Right. So we are to take on what he values Amen. and his attitudes and, and what he wants. So any real and lasting change is only going to come when we take on the characteristics of God. Right. But in order to do that, we have to know what he values, right? That's right. We can't take on someone else's values if we don't know what they are, right? right. So last week at Vision Sunday, we were talking about the vision God gave us for this church for 2023, and that's to build the temple, right? right. Well, as we were talking about that, the value of servanthood was highlighted because you cannot build the temple without serving. First you serve God, and then we serve each other. That's That's how you do it. And since God values servanthood, that's one of our core values here at Pursuit Church as well, right? Well, today I want to talk about another value that God holds really high and that's people. Yes. And there's a couple of ways that I want to share with you that God shows how much he loves and values people. The first one is he sees you. Amen. He sees you and he provides for you. That's how he's showing his love and value of you as a person, as a human being. And, you know, it's interesting because people are tied to servanthood. We're tied to servanthood. And that's why it's one of our core values. God values people, so we value people. Did you know, let me me just give an example of this. Did you know that in the New Testament, there are 34 documented miracles that Jesus performed, and every single one of them involved people? As a matter of fact, Jesus's entire ministry is dedicated to people, including the death on the cross. That was for us. That was for you. That was for humanity. That's how much God loves and values people. He gave his only son for humanity. And you know, there's another thing that I said it a while ago, but I really want it to sink in. We're the only part of God's creation that was actually created in his very own image. That's incredible. That's incredible. When you look at all that God created, which is everything, we're the only thing that he created that was created in his exact image. You know, sometimes the things that we walk through in life, they can kind of leave us feeling like we're all alone, right? Or maybe that nobody even cares about what we're going through. Well, you know what? If that's happened to you or if that's where you are right now, let me just crush that lie from the devil right now. Psalm 68, six says, God sets the lonely in families. He loves you dearly. And even if you don't have a family at all, you don't have a family. I'm an orphan. I have no parents. My parents died. So if you don't have a family at all, you got a family here. You have a family here at pursuit church. That's a fact. You know, we welcome people in these doors We love on people. We value people. And if you come in these doors and you don't feel like that's happening to you, please let me know. Let me know. I will handle that real fast. We value you. God loves you. God has a place for you. This church is a community of people that have made a place for you. We've made an opportunity for you to walk in what God's called you to do. You are never alone. Never alone. God is always with you. And you know, God brought you here to belong. It's all over our walls. You belong here. Pick up a Connect card. You belong here. Our Serve t shirts. You belong here. God brought you here to belong. You are not alone. You have a family right here. Today, I want to talk about how He sees you and He provides for you. So, let me just tell you something really cool about God. He has a lot of names. You probably heard them before Jehovah Mikadesh, Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom. Those are His nicknames. And that's kind of oversimplifying a little bit, but if that helps you get the, the point, then that's, that's okay, that's good. The names that he's given are because they show his characteristics. It helps us relate. Amen. When we know the characteristics of God, we can relate better, right? Yes. And one of the names that God has is, Jeho- is Jehovah Roy or El Roy. And it means the God who sees me. Now, he was given that name by a woman named Hagar. And her story picks up in Genesis chapter 16. So let me just give you a little summary. God had promised Abraham and Sarah a son, right? Well, after waiting so many years for that to happen, and Sarah never had a child, she started thinking, well, maybe maybe God wants to use an unconventional way to make that happen, right? So she came up with this really, really, really bad idea, like so bad, horrible idea. She told Abraham, her husband, well, you know, maybe you should sleep with my maid Hagar and she'll get pregnant and that's our son, right? (laughs) Bad idea, (laughs) y'all. There is absolutely, oh my gosh, I have so much to say about that. It's just a bad idea, okay? There's no way anybody, I would never say that to my husband. You get too close to him and I'm watching you. (laughs) So anyway, this was Sarah's brilliant idea, right? Well, Abraham, of course he had no problem with that, right? It's like, oh, oh okay, I, I guess I could do that. You know, all right. Well, he did, and Hagar conceived, right? Well, once she got pregnant, that whole thing backfired on Sarah because Hagar started treating her some kind of weird way. She started being rude to her and ugly to her. She actually started copping an attitude with Sarah, right? This is her mistress. This is the one she serves, and she had an attitude with her. I don't know why she did that. Maybe she thought she could somehow take Sarah's place in and, and Abraham's heart because she was now having his child. I don't know, but Sarah wasn't having any of that. She wasn't having any of that. So she retaliated and she was brutal, y'all. She abused Hagar. She was horribly abusive to her. The Bible says that. And it got so bad that Hagar just couldn't stand it anymore. So she ran away. A pregnant girl on her own ran away from the abuse. But you know what? God saw it all. He's El Roy, the God who sees me. He saw it all. He was watching. And one day when Hagar was out wandering alone by herself, God spoke to her. And this is what he said. We're going to pick it up in Genesis 16, starting in verse 9. He said, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. Another name of God. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. Now I want you to notice in verse 13, it says thereafter. That means from that point on, Hagar called God by the name El Roy. Friends, when you get a revelation of who God really is, you refer to that God. You refer to him by that name. You know who he is because he showed you who he is. Psalm 3.3 says that God is the lifter of our heads. If he's ever lifted your head and given you encouragement and hope, then you can call him that God. You are the lifter of my head and ask him to lift your head again. If God's won some battles for you, then you call him what Moses called him in Exodus 17, 15, Jehovah Nisi, my victory, because God's raised up a banner of victory of some of your battles. And you know what? He'll do it again. There is power in the name of God. There is power in the name. And God saw Hagar's suffering, and he came through. So she called him El Roy. She knew God saw her. But even then, even after she went back to Sarah and Abraham, her life didn't get comfortable. Right. We need to remember, God is more interested in our character yeah. than He is in our comfort. On, it. So says she went back and submitted to the authority. Yeah. God is more interested in our character than our comfort. Hagar wasn't going to be comfortable anyway, but it was just way too much bad blood between her and Sarah. And also, Hagar's son was not the promised son. You have to remember that. But that doesn't mean that God took his eye off of her. And as time passed, Sarah, well, she eventually had her promised son. She named him Isaac. Well, about the time that Isaac was being dedicated to God, Sarah got upset with Ishmael about something. She said, in the Bible, it says he kind of side-eyed her or mocked her. Whatever happened, it blew all up again. Totally blew up. And Sarah told Abraham, get rid of them. Get rid of Hagar and her son. Get them out. Well, of course, that's Abraham's son, right? So he was reluctant. But you know what? He did what his wife told him to do. He gathered up some food, gathered up some water, and sent them on their way. Sent Hagar and Ishmael off into the desert. Well, of course, the food and water didn't last, right? Ran out. Well, at one point, Hagar and Ishmael were about to die of thirst, and Hagar couldn't bear to see her son die like that, so she set him off over here under some bushes. She went a little bit far away because she didn't want to see him die. And then she started crying. She cried out to God. And in that moment, God showed up because he saw her. Yeah. He had been watching her all along. He saw everything that went down from the beginning. Right. Genesis 21:17: God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, "What's the matter, Hagar?" Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Remember, Ishmael's name means God hears. God heard the boy crying as he was laying there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Ishmael wasn't the promised son. He wasn't the son that God was going to use to make Abraham a great nation. But God did say, I will make your son a great nation. Then God opened Hagar's eyes, and she saw a well of water. So she went, filled the skin with water, and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. Now, I want to stop right now, and I want to tell you, regardless of how you feel, what you're going through in any given moment, God sees you, and he will provide for you. You can believe that beyond anything. And he does this not because of anything you've done and not because of who you are, but because it is his character. It is who he is. God is merciful. He's compassionate and he loves people. He loves you. He loves you. He values you. You know, like I said, Hagar's son, Ishmael, was not the promised son. In fact, you need to pay attention to this. In fact, Islamic history, the history of Islam, traces its roots directly back to Ishmael. What is going on over there in the Middle East and all that? The Bible said Ishmael was going to be at war with people. Still going on today, y'all. It's a whole nother sermon. But the fact of the matter is, Islam traces its roots back to Ishmael. But this boy mattered to God. Islam does not honor Yahweh. The one true God. But Ishmael mattered to God. And don't think God didn't know that Islam was going to come out of that boy. But he mattered to God. People matter to God. I can't say that enough. God values people. Sometimes, sometimes we get hurt or we get abused and we start thinking, well, you know, God shouldn't love that person. He shouldn't love that person because look what he did. Look what that person did to me. But we have to remember what 2 Peter 2, 3 9. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9 says it says the Lord isn't slow about keeping his promises as some people think he is. In fact, God is patient because he wants everyone to turn to him, Amen. to turn from sin, and no one to be lost. Right. Notice it says that God is giving everyone as in everyone, everybody, everybody. God is giving everybody the opportunity to do exactly like Hagar did and turn to him and cry out to him because God doesn't want anyone to be left behind. He doesn't want any any person to be left back. And it can be easy to forget that sometimes when we've been hurt by somebody, we think that, you know, our sinful nature, actually, we may forget about our own sinful nature and think that, you know, somehow not as bad as that person or what they did. And you know, that's a human inclination. It's actually called fundamental attribution error. And I talked about this back when our, we were having our relationship roadblocks um, series. Fundamental attribution error. And what that is is where we tend to attribute our own behavior to our circumstances. But we attribute other people's behavior to their character. The problem is that can lead to thinking that God loves us more than he loves someone else that's not true. That's not true. God loves all people and all people matter to him. It's no accident. Yeah, that's worth clapping girl. That's right. (laughs) It's not an accident that God's name, the God who sees me is revealed in the very first book of the Bible. That's not an accident. Y'all God is very strategic. Genesis is the beginning and it sets the foundation for everything else. It set the foundation for us to know God's character. Remember, the way to live a changed life is to develop the character of God. And part of what we're called to do, part of what God's character is, is loving people, valuing them the way he does. People matter to God, so they matter to us. The second way that God demonstrates his love for people is that he provides for us. He provides, and you know what? He's been doing that since the very beginning of time, since the very beginning. If you go back, Genesis chapter 1, first book, first chapter, we see God provided Adam and Eve everything they needed, everything. Then later on in the book of Genesis, chapter twenty-two, fourteen, we learn another name of God, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides, and this is also related to the story of Abraham and Sarah. Water break. Abraham and Sarah, like I said, they got their promised son, Isaac, right? Yeah. But God was about to show us what deep faith looks like. Yeah. Did you hear what I just said? He was about to show us in the book of Genesis. For right now, for this moment, for us to go back and remember and read, he was about to show us what deep faith looks like. And he was also going to test Abraham's faith and take it to a whole nother level. Yeah. You see, Abraham believed God. The scripture tells us that it was counted to him as righteousness because he believed God, right? He believed what God said when he says, I'm going to make you into a great nation and give you all these descendants. But here's the kicker he didn't trust God with the how. That's what started that whole Hagar Sarah mess to begin with. They didn't trust God with the how. God knew Abraham's heart was right. He knew his heart. God knows our hearts, y'all. Thank you, Lord, that you know our hearts. But God wanted to take Abraham to a deeper level in his relationship with him. So God told Abraham, take his son. And he said very specifically, your only son, because that's the promised son. God knew Abraham had another son, but he wasn't talking about that. That wasn't the son God was going to send him. So he said, you take your only son, Isaac. And you go and you sacrifice him on the altar to me. Abraham obeyed. He obeyed. And at the last minute, God showed up and provided the sacrifice. He provided a ram to sacrifice instead of his son. God provided, and that was when Abraham gave him the name Jehovah-Jireh. That whole situation, that whole thing was to show us to show you, whoever you are today in this room, or if you're listening later in the future, that was to show us that God provides. He provides Jehovah, Jireh. Abraham knew that God was going to provide. As he was walking, he brought some servants to help him carry the stuff, right? And he also brought his son Isaac. Well, so Isaac was walking, so he was cognizant. He wasn't a baby. He knew what was happening. He's like, wait, what's going on? Okay, we're going to do a sacrifice on this mountain. The servants said Abraham, and they asked him something, and he said, They asked him, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will provide. So Abraham knew. He told Isaac, God will provide. When Isaac asked him the same question, where's the sacrifice? Abraham knew God would provide. God is telling you today what he told his son Isaac and his servants back then. God will provide. Just trust him. Trust him with the how. God knows what you need. Remember, he's always watching. But sometimes, sometimes we have to learn to trust him on a deeper level. If God brings you a blessing and you don't have the capacity to receive it, you're going to blow it all up. You're not going to be able to maintain it, much less multiply it. And remember, blessings from God are to multiply. He's all about multiplication. So if he gives you a blessing and you can't receive it, you're not going to do anything with it. It'll be a waste. And he knows that. He loves you too much to let that happen. Think about it like this. You have a six, seven-year-old child. You give him $50. And then they go all in one day and spend it all on candy. God's not going to do that to us, y'all. He loves us way too much. Sometimes your faith is going to be tested in order to grow your trust in God. Don't think he's mad at you. Don't think he doesn't love you. That's childish thinking. And in 1 Corinthians, we're told, put off childish thinking. Let go of that. Remember, change requires movement. And in order to see real and lasting change in our lives, we have to be willing to move. Move away from childish thinking. Move out of your comfort zone. Take a move of faith. God wants to provide for us. That's who he is. He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. But here's the deal. I really want you to catch this. Most of the time, God is going to provide through people. And it's because he loves people. And he has a plan for everybody's life. He will use people because that's part of his plan for their life. He wants to use you because it's part of his plan for your life. And he wants to do it together because he created us for relationships. But he needs to disciple us. He needs to train us and show us what it looks like to be his hands and feet, not our own, his hands and feet. And he's going to use people to do that, y'all. You're going to have some people that rub you kind of crazy. You better be careful. God might have sent them in there to rub some of them rough edges off of you. Iron sharpens iron. When you're sharpening iron, two swords sharpening, there's some sparks going on. Get away from that child just thinking, thinking that's not supposed to be happening. Yes, it is. Again, we were created for relationships, so of course God's going to use people to provide for other people. And you know what? You already know this. You already know this because you've either seen it happen to somebody else or it's happened to you. Right. Think about it. For y- those of y'all who have a job, actually everybody has a job. You have a job, right? Say you're working for somebody else. You have a job. Well, you might have got that job because of your education or your skills or your experience, charisma. Charisma's gotten jobs before, right? Maybe you even had a hookup. Doesn't matter. In the end, some person actually hired you. God uses people to provide for other people. This is why we have to love and value people. Now, I want to share a story with you before I close. Back in 2007, um, Pastor Bob had just left his corporate job. Yeah, really good job, y'all. He left a corporate job, and he came to join me in the real estate business, and his specific thing was going to be residential property management. We hadn't done that, and I didn't want to do it, so he wanted to do it, so he came into the business to do that. Well, right after he quit his job, a really good-paying job that had insurance for all of us, all 50,000 of us in the house, the real estate market tanked, blew up, crashed, actually crashed. Well, of course, that rattled us. We had four kids still living at home. Teenagers, y'all, teenagers, they eat a lot. They, they consume a lot. We had girl, three of them were girls. They had proms and homecomings. I'm sitting there going, oh, Lord, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And one of, never mind. Anyway, we were worried about how we were going to make it. Have you ever been there? And we went from praying to worrying, then back to praying, then back to worrying. Have you ever been there? Well, you know, sometimes when you do that, you start feeling condemned. Like, I shouldn't know better than this. I shouldn't be doing this, right? Well, you know what? Thank God. Thank God he knows our hearts. 1 John 3.20 says this. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. And he knows everything. God is not condemning us. That's us listening to the lies of the enemy and letting it get in our hearts. God's working behind the scenes to bring an answer to our prayers. And, you know, sometimes my husband, mighty man of God, he has so much more faith than I do sometimes, sometimes. Because, you know what, market's down, ain't nothing going on, and he wants to go to a networker at our church, a business networker at our church. I'm like, what, what are we doing that for? That is a waste of time. I got to put my hair, I got to fix my makeup. I don't want to do that. It's hot. This was in Houston. It was in the evening He's like, no, we need to go. God's telling me we need to go. I'm like, oh, all right. He always does that. He says, well, God's telling me. I'm like, you know what? You, you don't, you better be sure he's telling you because he talks to me too, all right? And he's like, no, 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 babe. I got another story. Anyway, but you know what? God saw everything going down because he was watching. He sees you. He saw us and he was watching over everything. That market crash was a no surprise to him. He was already behind the scenes while we're praying and worrying and praying. And he's like, oh, look at him. Check him out. Look, look at my babies. And he already had it figured out because my husband wanted to go in a networker. So we go to the networker. Sure enough, we meet this guy. He's also a real estate broker, right? And I'm sitting there with attitude, y'all. God's <laughs> attitude, y'all. And Bob's just chatting it up, chatting it up. Come to find out this guy had a big investor client who just so happened to need someone to manage his residential real estate his properties, his rental properties. Well, you know what? That investor ended up contracting with us and we managed more than 42, right? Over 42 of his rental properties. That's huge, y'all. That's huge. That is God providing. He used that one person, to bring us enough business to not only sustain us through that downturn but to prosper us and we ended up having enough to move here and start our business here but you know what right before we were getting ready to move here to san antonio this client that we took on this investor he started acting kind of wild you know i was like what's wrong with him well come to find out he was battling some mental health issues, right, and we later found out that he was in and out of the hospital because of these issues, and it was starting to make sense, but the problem is we it was getting dangerous for us to keep doing business with him i mean that 's how erratic his behavior was, and we didn 't want to, but we needed to part ways with him. Well, we had a meeting, and this guy didn 't want to honor the contract, but God was watching he was watching. And he stepped in. He took care of us. And we ended up leaving, getting, getting, handling the business deal, ending that relationship that we needed to end. And then providing us everything we needed to move here and start our business here. He provides. But here's the deal. God loves people and he values all people. That investor, he wasn't a believer. He wasn't a believer at all. But God still met his needs. He met his needs through us. This guy had a company to manage his assets with integrity and at a fair price. And God met our needs by giving us provision through a total stranger. It was all part of his plan, y'all. All part of his plan. We have to stop overlooking people because maybe they don't look like us. They don't act like us. They don't think like us. And maybe even if they treat us a little weird or gnarly. Matthew 22 Jesus said that one of the two greatest commandments is to love others as we love ourselves. That's a tall order sometimes, but friends, why do you think God has given us so many examples in scripture on how to do it? Because he sees us and he's providing for us. And when we struggle to love and value people the way he does, God isn't condemning us. No, he's making a way for us to do it. He's providing opportunities for us to learn how to do it. He's setting things and relationships in motion so we will know he sees us. God values people. He loves us. He sees us and he provides for us. And God will use the most unconventional way sometimes to show us he's here. To show his deep love for all of humanity. All of humanity. Because he's trying to teach us how to value and love others the way he does. We have to learn to see people the way God sees. Maybe you pray a prayer that God give me eyes to see. Break my heart for what breaks yours. We need to learn to see people. And that means we need to pay attention more. Just pay attention. We get tunnel vision. We get so zoned out in our own things, our own gender, our own seasons, our own drama, whatever. Our own good times. We don't see people. We need to see people. Just pay attention. Look around. Lift up. Lift up your eyes and look around. And you know what? Sunday mornings are a great opportunity to do that here. Just takes a little intentionality sometimes. Maybe, maybe get here earlier. Maybe stay after. Hang out a little bit. Make some new friends. You have a family here. You're not alone. You have a family here. You have a church family, people who genuinely care and who genuinely want to get to know you. Hang around. Make some new friends. Get to know each other. And if you're an introvert like me, you ain't got to get to know everybody. But pick somebody. And just get to know them. Let them get to know you. You don't have to make people your best friend, but make them a friend. Hmm? You don't have to make them your best friend, just make them a friend. Everybody needs a friend, right? We need to be in community with other believers. You know, they may be not in the same place we are on our walk, but that's all right. That's the point. That's the whole point. God uses people to bless other people. That's the way he works. You never know What God is trying to do in and through you or them. Maybe he's setting things up for you to go deeper with him. Maybe you just need to trust him a little more. But it's in relationships that we will learn to love and value others the way God does. And that's his plan. That's his whole plan, guys. Will you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We just thank you for who you are. You're a good God. You're a very present God. You see us. You are Jehovah Roy. You see us. You're our shepherd, our healer, the lifter of our heads, Lord. You're a very present help in time of need, and we thank you for that. We honor you for that. Lord, today you've been touching hearts from the very beginning, from the moment the lights were turned on in the building, Lord. You've been moving and working even before that. We thank you for that, Lord. I pray, Father, that you give us all eyes to see each other so that we can see you working through us and through them. Lord, bring our paths together strategically with other people that you want to connect us to. Lord, your word says that you're a a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Illuminate our path so that we know which way to go, who we need to be in, in relationship with, Lord. You're strategic, and you're a God of order. So we know that you are ordering our steps and showing us where we need to be. And Father, break down any walls of fear in this house right now. Any walls of fear that may be disguising themselves as shyness or, or introvert. Lord, you made us bold as lions. Your word says that the righteous are bold as lions. Father, give us strength. Give us courage. Rise up in us. Let your Holy Spirit rise up in us and give us the boldness we need to walk into what you want us to do. Father, give us eyes to see people, to love them the way you do, to value them the way you do. We love you, Lord. We love you. We love you, God. Thank you for who you are. Jesus' name. Jesus name if you just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed just just a moment longer I know that God has been moving through this building he's been working oh he's been working so long all week hard just pouring a word to me to give you Lord, I know you hear and I know you see. Father, I know you're working on hearts. If you have never given your life to Jesus, maybe you don't understand it. Maybe you don't know what's going on. Maybe maybe you don't have a clue what's going on, but you feel the Holy Spirit tugging on you right now. You feel this this pull. That's Jesus calling you into him. And if that's you right now, if that's you, all you got to do Say a short prayer with your whole heart. Mean it with your whole heart. And you will have Jesus as the Lord of your life. You will become a child of God. If that's you, I just want you to pray this prayer after me. And believers, if you'd pray it also, just to give people some encouragement. Dear Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.